My husband is, is so good about if we're out in public or, you know, it could be the grocery store, wherever. And if someone says they have a headache or anything like that, he'll say, well, have you heard of EMS? I mean, if you're exposed to Wi-Fi all day, everywhere you go. Um, and so he'll just explain it uh, to the point they're to listening. Some people believe, some people don't believe, but I am seeing a general shift toward accepting that maybe I'm on the screen too much or whatever. And then there's those that don't believe. And if you don't believe that EMFs are a problem or affecting you, people are in denial because it's real. So if you don't believe you're in denial and so be open, do the research for yourself because this is science. Hey there. Welcome to Thriving with Technology, the science-led podcast that's here to help you achieve mindful living in a digital world. And I'm your host, I'm Marcus Bryce from techwellness.com. This show is designed to give you a practical approach on how to navigate the important tech toxins in our world. We have real-life stories, experiences, and non-fear-based facts about cybersecurity and EMFs, your online privacy, internet overuse, what leads to addiction blue light, oh, and so much more. So thank you. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Hal Bryce, and I'm here with August, and we just finished recording an amazing podcast. What an interview that was. So cool. Isn't it great? You know, Laura called me out of the blue with an issue. She thought that her husband had EMF sensitivity, and it came out out of nowhere. Can you imagine how? Can you imagine that one day you can't get out of bed? Can you imagine having such a terrible headache and every time you go to work, it gets worse and worse? Can you imagine? That's, that happens to many people who end up with EMF sensitivity syndrome. Yep. We've seen it uh, over and over again. So the cool part about this is that Laura had an idea about it from a friend who also had EHS. And so she went to Tech Wellness looked around the site, booked a consultation with you, mm-hmm. and spent an hour talking about it, and you gave her some great ideas. Now, you're going to hear more about that in the in the show here, so I don't want to spoil the whole story, but suffice it to say is that she was a great follower of your advice, and things changed for her husband rather dramatically, right? You now, how wonderful that makes me feel. Yeah. It makes me feel so wonderful that she actually had it top of mind, that she knew someone who also had it, And so EMF now is being understood to be as dangerous as it actually is. And that tech wellness is a great source to turn to. And I'm so happy that it's here. And you know what's great, honestly? We have thousands of research studies now that link exposure to electromagnetic fields, and there's all kinds of them, to various illnesses. This is as real as can be. And every person has a different reaction, but there is no doubt, no doubt that there is a biological reaction to these information carrying radio waves. That's what EMFs are. And all your digital devices use them to communicate. So we're all exposed to them and we're exposed to them at levels that are completely unheard of and we are unprepared. So when somebody reacts and they start getting all these crazy symptoms, people are generally like disbelieving of them. And you know what she mentions in, did you catch that where she talks about harmonizers and chips and things that her friend sent her that did absolutely nothing. 
as most people, in fact, I would say 95% of the people that I talk to that actually can feel EMF will tell you really are not helpful. Uh, There are mitigation techniques that may make your life more difficult, but will make you feel so much better. And it's how I live and it's how I feel great. Mm -hmm. And you're going to hear right now, Laura, talk about the journey that she went on with her husband before and after her consultation with you. Let's listen. Laura, you first called me after dealing with somebody sending you something that made you think EMF, right? Yeah. So I'd like to start at the top because my husband, he was in his early 60s when he this EMF sensitivity began and it turned our world upside down. But I remembered my friend Shanna. Hold on right there. Okay. EMF sensitivity turned your world upside down. I think a lot of people would love to know what that looked like. Like what were his symptoms? Yes. So exactly. Okay. Yeah. So what happened was we had been on vacation. We came back on Monday morning. He's walking into his home office and he has a migraine out of the blue. And the migraine got worse as he got closer to the office. And this was a very new thing. We had never had that before. So he's like, you know, I can't, I don't know what the deal is. I'm going to lay down. And as the day went on, I remembered my friend Shanna Hesterly telling me about her sensitivity to Wi-Fi and electronics or EMFs, anything electric. And I said, honey, it really sounds like that you may be dealing with what Shanna has to deal with. And what we did, they only subsided when he was away from the office, which is, you know, a huge clue. Right. So we went just a few days. We took it a day at a time, you know, the early days. And then we called Shanna. We sat down and just talked to her and said, what do you recommend? So could you even believe you were having this conversation? It was pretty surreal because, like I said, he went 60 years without it wake up one day and has it. And so, you know, August, he couldn't, he couldn't surf the internet or anything to do the research, which is what he was used to doing. You know, if he had a question, he'd go online, he'd do the research, but he couldn't do that. So it was on me to do that. And I found techwellness.com pretty quickly and began to read the articles. And I said, you know what, we're just going to book an appointment and we're going to get to the bottom of this. And we're not going to live like this. We're going to figure out some answers. We're not doing the because he was looking at retiring. He was looking at just stopping working altogether. I remember so, when you did call, he was really depressed. Very. And, and he wasn't ready. Yeah, he felt very defeated. And yeah. you did too. So it had been going on for how long at that point? A, about a week and a half at that point. Uh, a week and a half, maybe two weeks at the most. So see what happened in that window is that, well, a couple things, He, when we began to suspect the Wi-Fi thing, he began sleeping in our RV. And that actually lasted seven months. And that was a big help for him. So what happened in that window of 10 days to two weeks was that he actually went on a hunting trip that had been planned for the whole year. And on that hunting trip, he drove his own truck and because the people that he was with were all using bluetooth and wi-fi so he drove his own vehicle he took his own rv instead of staying in the lodge and so what i'm trying to get across here is 
he noticed a big difference on the camping trip because he was in his own space in the middle of nowhere. The headaches went away. But there was a the downside was they was losing the quality time with his friends and family. And I'm sure they didn't even yeah. they couldn't even understand it. Now exactly. I hear this a lot. I hear exactly. from people who have EHS that it comes on suddenly for most people. Yeah. And I yeah. would say it, it did for me as well. And so that's not that unusual. But talking to people who expect you to be quote unquote normal, that's the <laughs> tough part, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I shout out to my friend Shanna. She shared with me her struggle. And so I was like fully there. I was present. I was in it. And it opened a lot of doors early. We got the answers we needed as I did the research. And the time with you was instrumental because, you know, you gave us an action plan. We ended that call with the boom. This is what we're going to do. And that really turned everything around. We turned off the Wi-Fi at the router level. We called the ISP, turned off the Wi-Fi at that level, at their level, their switch, and just began the process of making adjustments, switching out the bulbs, switching out the dimmer switches. I mean, we did have someone come out to do a home assessment, and they did give us some helpful info. They really validated some things. But we didn't get a whole lot of changes from their trip to us. Really, a lot of it was was you. <laughs> and it is, well, yeah, so your website. And then, Perfect. oh, and also what we started doing immediately was grounding on a regular basis. That seems to be so important <laughs> to him, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. we've talked about this. Yes, my husband has found that about all the things that, you know, And by the way, one of the quick things he did too early on was he shielded the electrical panel and the smart meter. Right. Uh, And when I say shielded, it's just as simple as going down to Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever and getting some wire to put over it. Anyway, so yes. But for the smart meter, didn't he put foil or a shielding material over it? Not just wire. material. Yes, yes, yes. We also began the process of evangelizing, hey, friends and family, you need to be aware of this. I'm not saying that you have this issue, but you need to be aware that this is a thing. And, you know, if you have migraines, if you have this, if you have arthritis, whatever, tendonitis, all of these things, these are things that began to improve for him as time went on as he continued the shielding and the ground. Now, also, we have to talk about the fact that he actually didn't even go on his computer for a while until it was all hardwired. He had a nice break from all technology. I think that was really important too. I do too, Augustine. A lot of that was because he was just so on the verge of, do I retire? I'm not really ready for that. I don't want to retire. I still have so much left in me. And he just wasn't ready for that. So like I said, he started sleeping out in the RV. And then we began to notice symptoms with all these other changes, shielding this and that. It really began to make a huge difference for him. And he was able to recuperate, recover to a point. And then the recovery was just such a great jumpstart that he, after four weeks, he went back to work full time. And let me explain that. He looks at blueprints all day. He has three gaming monitors. They are huge. They're big. They're mounted on the wall uh, for him. And he works between nine and 10 hours a day. So hardwired now Wi-Fi. Yeah. Oh yeah. That Wi-Fi has been gone a long time. Actually, our work laptops have always been hardwired, but we- I that you had said that right when we met, you told me that. So I thought- uh Yes. 
Yes. And that was interesting because so we could keep working, but we had no Wi-Fi. And we'll be right back. You know, these days, parents are dealing with something that you and I never had to deal with as parents, and that is social media. It's bad enough to have a smartphone, and then you load it up with social media accounts, and then, oh my gosh. I mean, the responsibility of helping your kid and guiding your kid through that process is a big one. It's one of the biggest ones parents have to deal with these days. Exactly, and that's why the Surgeon General says he wants to move up the age when kids are allowed to get a social media account from 13 to older. Yeah. He thinks that 13 may be too young based on the research that he's seeing. And I think there's a lot of parents who would agree. You recently had a video on tech wellness that I thought was just amazing. On a school bus full of kids, the only child who did not have a phone on the bus realized that the driver was having a medical emergency, had the wherewithal to get up, run to the front, stop the bus, save the driver, and probably save his friends and himself just by being aware because he was the only one not looking at his phone. That's right. And you know why I wanted to do the social media plan? It's because so many parents weighed in and said some things that just broke my heart. I wish I'd never given my child a phone. Oh my gosh, if I could turn back time. Oh, this was the worst thing that ever happened to my kids. Because I asked, when's the right time to get your kid a phone? And a lot of people weighed in with some really deep pain or at the very least reticence. And so I thought, you know what? We need to help prepare kids for social media, for getting their phone, especially for social media, because I think that's where so much of the hurt comes from. FOMO, social comparison, anxiety. There's just so many things that can happen and can make us feel bad about ourselves and cause us not to be successful in our lives. And so we've created the Family Social Media Success Plan. It's awesome. And it's like, you know, you wouldn't give your child the key to your car and say, uh, yeah, go figure that out. It's almost like that with social media, isn't it? Exactly. The research is pretty clear. No, it's very clear. This is just like sort of guardrails. Being prepared, and that's what this family social media plan will help you with. It's so great. I love how it came out because we inform, we bring you up to date on the latest research, the latest laws about social media. And then we talk to you about maybe some of the things that you've never heard of. And we educate you on the glossary of social media. And then the best part is it's interactive. So you work with your kids no matter how old they are. If they're seven years old, eight years old. Because you know, so many of those kids will have an account. And you might not even know they have an account. So it gives you the opportunity to start talking to them about it. And you scroll together. And even if your child's 16, it's not too late to talk about feelings to talk about the right way to show up on social media. And then the best part is, when it's all finished, you've written it down and you put it up and it stays in the forefront of your mind. I think it's really cool what you're saying is that you put it up in front of everybody in the family and everybody lives by those rules, not just the kids. It's everybody's plan, it's the whole family plan. Yeah, and I don't think of it as rules, I think of it as opportunity. It's a plan for success. It's like when when I manifested you. That's right. <laughs> so when I was much younger, we've been married a long time, I met someone who had had an incredible experience and she had said, you know, I put my goals up in the refrigerator. And she said, is there anything you want? And I said, well, I'm looking for my husband. I was all of 19. And so anyway, she said, well, put that list up on the refrigerator. Put everything that you see in your future with the man of your dreams. And I did. And guess what? What? Come on, keep going. <laughs> it's 
I like where you're going. I like where this is going. Second date. And I knew immediately, the first date, I knew, oh my gosh, it's my list. And so anyway, you knocked on the door and I was upstairs. And so you came in and I came downstairs. And who was staring at the refrigerator reading my list out loud? Me. <laughs> I pulled it off the refrigerator. And I threw it away and I never saw it again because I was so embarrassed. But guess what? Seeing something and being reminded of what you want and the reason why. Brings it to you. Is one of the keys to success. Now, I would like to talk more about me because <laughs> this is a good moment for me. But I do want to also mention the fact that, you know, you give parents the opportunity to normalize the ability to oversee, to help. Because right now, to be a part of it, I yep. feel that some parents feel like it's it's not even their purview. They, they oh, they can't look at that account. They can't talk about that. But you know what? You can. It's your kids, and this helps you do it in a really nice, natural way. So it doesn't seem like anything, but being part of their life in a super good way. Like when when my dad took me out for a ride in the car and showed me how to use the clutch. Right. That still didn't really stick. Look it. <laughs> That didn't really work. He tried, but he did, not, did not really work. <laughs> so the Family Social Media Success Plan, how can our listeners get a hold of one? Well, depending on when they're listening to this, it's either on pre-order or you can get it tomorrow. Come to techwellness.com. We'll also provide a link below in the show notes. But if you visit techwellness.com and you put in Family Social Media Plan, up it will pop. Order yours now. It's good. So I lost Prime Movies and all my little games on my iPad and all that. I lost. It was so oh. sad, right? But we hired a network engineer. He came out. He hardwired the whole house, yes. two ports in every room. Great guy. And so he just, he took care of us. And it wasn't long before I had all of that fun stuff back and uh, was able to go on just like it was back when we had Wi-Fi. So yeah, what a journey. That's all I know to say. I just am so impressed with how quickly he became. Now, you said yes. four weeks, but I remember you saying the whole thing took about six months, which is yeah. for most people who are suffering uh -huh. with EHS, yeah. six months seems like, oh, yeah, I, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah. I wanted you to share the hope because yeah. it's really, yeah. tell us about his life today. Okay. So today, yes. And I have to say it's the grounding. You know, I asked him, of course. You know, I ran all this stuff by him and he was like the number one game changer is the grounding. And we have grounding wires in the living room. We have them at our desk. We have them at our bedside. We just stay plugged in. If we're not moving, especially him, a grounding wire is around the ankle or the wrist or some, somewhere. Um, yeah, does he ground to the earth? Does he ground outside or does that go yeah. into your outlet? This is very important. Both. 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 I feel that I hear so many people are very successful when they ground to the earth. Sometimes yeah. not always as successful when grounding to the outlet. Yeah, both. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we're outside a lot. Yeah. That's the best. And he'll, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But so today it's pretty much back where it was before, except things like when we travel, we go to antennasearch.com and look at the uh, lat long plug in the address of the hotel and then say, okay, it has this many towers, this many antennas. 
and compare that to where we live. And then that kind of gauges, gives us a really good gauge. So, And you know, with that, with antenna search, it used to be so incredibly accurate because you used to have a license. But now with a lot of these small cell implementations of wireless, they don't even have to report them. And oh, so, no. true, true. Yeah, not good, not good. Anything licensed, you can still find on an antenna search. But that's why, like, traveling with a meter, do you guys need a meter to travel with? Okay, or yeah, you- thank you. Yeah, we take a meter. And we have the Safe and Sound Pro 2. Uh-huh. And, yes, anything suspect, he gets that. And he'll, even in, like, church or somewhere, he'll just take it out and say, okay, where's the, the safest place to sit, you know, whatever. So, yeah, so we do, everything gets tested through that meter. It's been really invaluable. So, yes, and I think some people shy away from the cost of that. And I want to say go for it because it validates and it, it reaffirms. I know that you know what you're feeling, but it has been a big help for us. And then we also have taken it to families' homes. Our family will just travel holidays, birthdays, whatever. We're just like, oh, look at this. And it really has been a tool to open not just our eyes, but other people's eyes as well as to the effect of the EMF around them. Exactly, because they don't have to see it or feel it or touch it for it to also be affecting their bodies. And with the meter, I'm just like you guys, I take it everywhere I go because I don't always feel symptoms immediately. It usually takes about 15 minutes. I don't know how it is with Darnell, but that's for me. And so by the time I'm sitting down, I don't want to get up and move places. So I can always select right before I even check into the room or find that place at the dinner table or like you said, go to people's houses. And we still make friends, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. I think a lot of people that I found are really happy to learn about it. Do you have that same experience or do people, what have have you heard people say? Yeah, so some yes, and some still roll their eyes a little bit. Everyone's in a different place. Uh But I think whenever you have some unexplained symptoms, that's when you start looking at the things that are not so quite so obvious. Some of family has been more open and some of my friends have been open. And we've Bought some, you know, grounding wires and different things as gifts. Just trying to, between the blue blockers, I didn't mention that earlier, but yes, we keep the blue blockers and we can, yeah, right there. Yeah, we keep those in almost every single room in the house. And all these things uh, come together to just make for a healthier lifestyle and overall. But yes, it was not an easy adjustment. Just to circle back to the beginning, it was not an easy adjustment. It was a very difficult adjustment. And I think one thing I want to say and be sure that I communicate is that you're not alone. If you are going through this, that um, you're not alone. There's a whole community of people, my husband and I in August, that love to um, help others to get beyond their symptoms and get back to something resembling, you know, normal. So yeah, absolutely. And I do also want to throw out there that, you know, in the early stages of this one, in desperation, mm-hmm. you know, in moments of just, oh, what am I total throwing the towel? Oh my gosh, desperation. We bought some things that were not helpful. We bought, we were scammed basically. And I just want to say, do your research. If this is all new for you, don't take someone's word for it. Just go out and do the research, you know, start Googling do the different background check, whatever you need to do. You know, and I so appreciate you saying this because 
when you are, even if you're not in a desperate situation, if you just want to take care of your family, these things that say block 95% of the EMF or block all the EMF or harmonize the room can seem so appealing. I know. I'm so glad that, you, <laughs> but if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true, right? Yeah. It's, it's probably not happening. I will say there's a placebo effect for sure. And I think that your husband was too sick to notice a placebo effect. Yeah, he was very sick. He he couldn't get out of bed for a while in the early days when we were trying to figure out what is going on here. He he could not even get out of bed, truly. So yeah, that's whenever we began to put all the pieces together, that's when he goes, I think I'm just going to go lay down in the RV. And sure enough, that made a big difference. My husband is, is so good about if we're out in public or you know, it could be the grocery store, wherever. And if someone says they have a headache or anything like that, he'll say, well, have you heard of EMS? I mean, you're exposed to Wi-Fi all day, everywhere you go. Um, and so he'll just explain it uh, to the point they're to listening. Some people believe, some people don't believe, but I am seeing a general shift toward accepting that maybe I'm on the screen too much or whatever. And then there's those that don't believe. And if you don't believe that EMFs are a problem or affecting you, people are in denial because it's real. So if you don't believe, you're in denial. And so be open. Do the research for yourself because this is science. It is science. And you know, when it first happened to me, I used to say, and I still do, think of it like an allergy. Some people are allergic to peanuts. Some people are allergic to cigarette smoke. Yes. And, and we are. We're each more sensitive to something than someone else's. But this is not an allergy, unfortunately. Right. This really is affecting us biologically. It's just that some people can feel that effect immediately and some people can't. And I'm just so grateful for people like you. Thank you. Know, that's sh that are sharing about it and helping oh, yeah. others hopefully mm -hmm. avoid what you went through. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And shut off the Wi-Fi now, right? Before yes. you have to. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. And I so appreciate this time together, Laura, and I so appreciate you just telling your story and sharing it with everyone. And if there was one thing that you could tell people to do, if they could only do one thing to be sure that they had the sensitivity or to even find out if not having this exposure could help them. Do you have one thing? I'm going to say what I've said a few times, and that is whether you're sensitive or you realize that you're sensitive or you don't know, you just don't know, just start grounding, just walk outside barefoot, just lay down in the grass or something, you know, because it not only that, it's so comforting. It's so That's relaxing. It is so relaxing. But every you know, day, Laura, every day. You're, you're grounding. You're, the electricity is leaving your body. And yeah, absolutely. It, it'll make a big difference. I noticed, and my husband will tell you that he noticed that I was happier when we started grounding. So, you know, for what it's worth, there it is. Yeah. Can you believe that? We're happier on God's green earth, right? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Doing something natural. This was so great. Thank you, Laura. And just keep me posted. Yeah. And Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, August. You're very special to us. And yeah, so absolutely. Just so grateful you're in my life. Me too. I'm really happy to know you. And I'm just so happy with this outcome. So as I always say, be well. You, you too. Bye. How lucky I am. I mean, I'm so glad that we connected. Yeah, she uh, really enjoyed the experience with you and it clearly changed their lives for the better. You know, it's like 
it's almost like the bad thing that happened is kind of in the rearview mirror for them now. I mean, they've made changes and he's different in terms of what he, how he lives his life, but he feels great and he's back to work. Like nothing really happened. I'm so happy that he's sharing the information. Yeah. That it sounds like me, right? I walk in, I tell people all about why my meter is at high and extreme and what they can do about it. And I ask people to turn their phones on airplane mode and I make different choices about where I'm sitting and where I'm going. You know what? If I had a dollar for every time you said, is your phone on airplane mode? I could get a new helicopter. <laughs> that's another podcast. <laughs> that's a different That's a different story altogether. Hal's quest for a new helicopter. Okay. I mean, honestly, if you have any issues, if you think that you might be suffering from this, if you might be reacting to EMF, go and learn more about it at techwellness.com. And if you want to talk to August, you just go to techwellness.com and search consultation and it'll pop right up and you can book it right there. Thanks for joining us. Be well. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. I hope you loved it. If you do like what you've heard, leave us a review and subscribe to the show. For more tools and information to help you achieve mindful living in a digital world and navigate those tech toxins, follow Tech Wellness on all the usual social media channels And head over to techwellness.com for resources, videos, solutions, and so much more. I'm August Bryce. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, be well.